0: Consumers are basically saying that, look, we want to make sure that you are a socially responsible company, that you are trying to do something about the environment, that you're trying to do something about social problems. You're trying to do something about poverty. Hi, this is Anita, the Global Trade Gal, where we talk about all things to do with global trade. Today, I want to talk a little bit about social environmental responsibility. I want to talk a bit about what it means and why it continues to be important, and why I believe this will continue to be even more important for companies and corporations around the world, and actually for anyone who's looking to be involved in any way in the global supply chain. Living in Hanoi, Vietnam, and having actually lived quite a bit in China— there's many times when I look out over the sky and I think, is that fog or is that pollution? And most of the time, unfortunately, it is pollution. You know, but this is not just something that's a problem now in Asia. My sister lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. And in this entire summer, due to the wildfires that are happening in California, The entire valley of Salt Lake City was covered with a sort of hazy, smoky mist that traveled all the way from California to be in Utah. You know, what's apparent to me and many others is that how an individual, a company or a brand looks at their social environmental responsibility matters today. That a company needs to learn to balance their need for profits with the ecosystem, poverty, environment and climate change. You know, people may not realize this, but when a company has a social environment responsibility, they are helping the world through that social environmental responsibility. In other words, today we live in a world that is more interconnected than ever before. What happens in one part of the world can affect another part. And this, of course, goes back to my story about Salt Lake City, Utah, and the tremendous amount of pollutions they had from the wildfires that it wasn't happening necessarily right there in Utah as much as it was happening in California, but yet it moved across the United States and affected other parts of the United States. So what happens in one part of the world does have an effect on another part. It's kind of a little bit of this sort of chain reaction, this chain effect, because what one company does or one country does can actually affect another part of the world. You know, When a company has social environmental responsibility, I want to talk today, first of all, like what it means to have one and what companies would look at. Because whether you're a small company or you're a large company, this is something which should be looked at. This is something which should be as part of your company. You should be saying to people, I believe in social environmental responsibility. We are doing all we can to help with this. You know, the core of being social environmental responsibility is about balancing the ecosystem carefully with the need for profits. You know, recently, the Washington Post re- uh, reported um, that the heat conditions that were now in America's southwest show the effect of climate change. A study by The Nature Climate Change shows that in the last 22 years, are now considered to be the hottest or the driest years in the past 1,200 years. And I should correct that and say it is the driest years, which is actually a very, a very hot years too, which means there's droughts in the West like we never had before. So what happens if the West suddenly runs out of water? What's going to happen there? This tells us that companies need to be concerned about how their profits balance against the needs of the ecosystem or the environment In other words, how does their own profitability and the environment work together? If a company is not doing this, the public will eventually start to require that they do it because this will be important for any type of company that as the environment starts having more issues, as there starts to be more problems, people are going to want to see that the brands and those people that they buy for and those that are responsible are being held accountable. Social environmental responsibility means that a company balances profits and people. So it's not just the environment, but it also has to do with people. You know, it was Milton Friedman that was a famous American economist. In the He won the 1976 Nobel Prize. He once famously said, the social responsibility of business is to increase its profits. This became known as the Friedman doctrine. And this is what a lot of companies sort of believe with that my only responsibility is that I make a profit. That's all I need to do as a company. But since the days of Milton Friedman, the world's changed. You know, companies that begin to think that their only role is to make profits live in the past and not in the current business environment. Let me repeat that again. The companies who think that their only role is just to be able to make profits for themselves are really living in the past and not in the current business environment. And I, I say this because I feel like the world's changed. I remember when Bill Gates decided to start the Bill Gates and Melinda Gates Foundation. The world was shocked and they wondered, why would a successful CEO head of a company do that? But in today's changing world, inequality between the rich and poor becomes more profound. So many people are now wondering why more rich corporations or people are not doing more to help solve the world's poverty issues. I'd like to make a case in point here. You know my mother you know constantly says to me about Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook why isn't Facebook doing more and when Facebook shares have dipped down, she's like well i'm good, I'm glad because he's not doing anything to help why aren't they helping the homeless problem? you know where they're at why aren't they doing this? why aren't they doing that? I really believe like my mother and and I agree with her completely. Why aren't these corporations doing more? You know, these corporations that are in San Francisco, San Francisco is a huge homeless problem. Why aren't they trying to say like, we're going to actively look at how we can solve this homeless problem? Why aren't they being more responsible for that? They keep earning money. They keep adding to their billions and billions of dollars. They should hold some kind of responsibility, if not an economic one, but a moral one to say, we are going to help, we're going to make a difference. You know, the truth is that today, many consumers are more demanding than ever before. They want to purchase from an honest corporation that actively looks at ways to solve the world's problems. And there's been a lot of research that has been done on this about companies and corporations, where especially the new generation, Generation Z, the millennials, that they want to see that corporations and companies are held accountable for these type of issues, that they are trying to make a difference. People want to buy from, work with, and take part of an organization that cares. You know, that I really think that People want to work with somebody where it's not just about profits. We all understand, you know, companies needs needs to make money in order to survive. I mean, everybody understands that principle by, by Milton Friedman. But the difference is that when a company actually says, hey, it's not just about profits, it's also about what am I going to do to make a difference? And it's been proven to show through a lot of research that social environmental responsibility can help to alleviate poverty. Here's the reason, you know, if a company goes in and pollutes an area so that farmers cannot grow their crops, those farmers usually usually don't have an education. The only thing they know to do is to really farm. So they're not going to be able to survive if suddenly their lands are polluted and they're not able to grow any type of crops anymore. That is going to drive those farmers into poverty heavily, you know, polluted areas of the world cause for individuals to be prone to a host of other diseases. These diseases can be everything from skin cancer due to the harsh sun rays to exposure to toxins and other chemicals. You know, all of these things can cause and drive somebody into poverty. We all know and we've heard the stories about, you know, people who had money and suddenly they had a medical issue. They didn't have insurance or their insurance didn't quite cover everything. And suddenly now they've been driven into poverty because of the fact that they no longer have, you know, the means to be able to basically to to get the, the, you know, the type of medical care that they need. Yeah, you know, there's a very long list of you know environmental factors that can lead to many types of diseases. And you know, these diseases, you know, some of them are becoming more prevalent today. You know, a lot of them, there's a lot of people that wonder like whether there are some environmental factors that are causing other things. And I don't wanna go into that whether it like causes things like autism or other things, because there's you know, people that sort of believe that. But the truth is that our environment and where we live and how we live can affect our lives and can affect the welfare of our lives and can affect our ability to work and our ability to be able to survive day to day. Another part of environmental responsibility is about ethical sourcing. Many um, years ago, I heard Greg Cook of one of the founders of doTERRA speak about ethical sourcing and I'll be honest this was like the first time I ever heard about ethical sourcing but if anyone knows anything about the company doTERRA who does the essential oils that one of their main focuses always has been that we are a company that believes in ethical sourcing and during this talk Greg Cook gave a wonderful speech about what ethical sourcing meant why it was at the core or the heart of doTERRA and why it's important. You know, ethical sourcing is a process of sourcing that ensures the products are obtained through responsible and sustainable methods. In other words, it's ensuring that a company doesn't just contribute to climate change, that they don't contribute to environmental issues, that they don't contribute to poverty, that they don't contribute to social issues, that a company will go in and say, we're going to source and through our sourcing, we're going to pay a fair wage. We're going to allow people to make money. We are going to ensure that they are able to survive, you know, in the environment and are able to have the life that they need to have. Doesn't mean that they have to become rich and everybody's got to become rich. That's not what ethical sourcing is about. Ethical sourcing is about, you know, really paying a fair wage and taking into account all the other things due to sourcing, which, you know, has to do with the environment, social issues, pollution, and that type of things. In a recent poll, of consumers felt that a company should be more accountable for their entire supply chain. Now, think of that 71%, you know, that a company should make sure that everybody in their supply chain is basically being more socially responsible. You know, that, that it's no longer just that, you know, consumers are saying like, yeah, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're socially responsible, that's okay. It doesn't really matter. No, it's today consumers are basically saying that, look, we want to make sure that you are a socially responsible company, that you are trying to do something about the environment, that you're trying to do something about social problems. You're trying to do something about poverty. This actually is up quite a bit. And what's interesting, if you look at the survey, if you go to my blog, which we'll put a link in here below, you'll be able to get to the actual survey, which was recently given, that you'll be able to see that it's quite interesting, the countries that are leading this, and it's not the United States. India is, Brazil, and some countries in Europe. You know, Europe's always been more socially concerned than we have been in the United States. But actually, the age group that's leading it, and this is the interesting part, is Generation Z and Millennials. And those that are 65 and over, a lot of them, it's not so important to them. But this is also an interesting thing, because as those Generation Z, those Millennials, those others begin to grow up, and they begin to you know, um, you know, become older and move on to the next group, I believe that the younger generation is going to become even more, it's going to become more important for them. And it may go up to being like 80 or 90% than, you know, then instead of just 71%. And also in that same survey, about 70, 71% said that, you know, companies should um, not only be more responsible to ensure that their suppliers are, that they should be more transparent, that they should be accountable. So this is a whole, you know, kind of new change where they're not just saying that a company should be socially responsible and just say, you know, we are socially responsible. No, people want to know that a company actually socially responsible. They want to know, what are you doing to be socially responsible? If you say you're socially responsible, what does it mean to be socially responsible? You know, we um, at Mindoro, which is my company, where we manufacture home decor and home furnishing products. We really believe in being socially responsible. We have for a long time. And we believe in ethical sourcing and balancing you know, our profits with the environment. But we also are a great believer that every company, large or small, should take the same attitude and should look at the same things, whether it's you know paying for a fair wage, making sure there is no child labor making sure that there's, you know, safety standards in place in a factory, that these are all these little things that we should do, making sure you're not polluting, making sure of the environment. You know, all of those things are important and will continue to be even more important as the world begins to deal more with a lot of these, you know, social, environmental, uh, poverty and economic and other issues. This will continue to be more important instead of less important. Now, some of you might be wondering, well, what's the difference between social responsibility and social environmental responsibility? The main difference is that word environmental there adds another layer into social responsibility. It basically says that environment needs to be, as whatever we try to help society, you know, that basically that we are all responsible for the planet in which we live. What does happen in one part of the world can affect another part of the world. What many may not understand is, I've touched upon this, I want to touch upon a little bit more here, is that social environmental responsibility can really add to poverty. And the reason is, is that essentially that, you know, land erosion, um, you know, what's happening now with the environment, how the seasons are changing, have all had an impact and could one day have a huge impact upon all of our food sources that's why even in the united states you know 65% of all americans are saying look you know being socially responsible is good but we also need to have the environmental aspect is also important but you know what's interesting with this too and also talking to many of my american friends when i was recently home in the states And we got talking a bit about, of course, China, because China's on everyone's mind about, you know, what is China doing and China now has become the enemy. And I've said to several people, I said, look, you know, one day... China is going to look like a first world country with all their high speed trains and all their wonderful freeways and, you know, their green buildings and the other things they're doing. It's going to look like this first world country. We're going to go over there and go like, wow, you know, why don't we have this in America? If we're still, you know, having the gust gas link cars and we're not trying to say how can we become have a car that's more battery operated? I have some friends that recently moved to Taiwan And when they were uh, buying a car, they were thinking about what kind of car would we buy. And they finally decided to buy a Tesla. And a couple reasons why they bought a Tesla were, first of all, there was a plug in right in their apartment where they could plug the Tesla in, and it would cost them $2 to be able to basically charge the car to go 300 miles. The other reason they decided to get a Tesla is because throughout all Taiwan, there's charging stations everywhere, and they can take the car to one of these charging stations, and they can plug it in, and it maybe costs them about $10, and they can sit there for 20 minutes, and and while they're waiting for their car to um, charge, the Netflix will come on, or they can, you know, through their car system, they can check their emails and other things, and they go on their way, and they go another 300 miles. Also, too, they said throughout all the country of Taiwan, there's all these charging stations all around Taiwan. So if they decide that they want to, you know, drive somewhere, they can go into one of these gas stations and they can charge their car. And I thought, well, how fabulous that is, you know, that they don't they don't have to have a car that even has any gas. I mean, this Tesla car they have is completely 100 percent electrical. And then my friend in Taiwan said, "You know, I don't really need to get a motorcycle either because they've got these little mopeds all around Taiwan where you you have a card and you basically you you know, you you put the card in, you rent the moped, you take it." You know, to wherever you need to take it, and you you pay you know through the card as you're using it, and then you come and then you plug it back into one of these stations, and you get another one. I thought, well, isn't that fabulous too? I mean, what a what a great system, and what a great way to be able to say to somebody like, yeah, we believe in clean energy. We believe in this. We, you know, instead of, instead of trying to have the gas guzzling cars where people are paying four dollars. You know, it could be paying now $4 a gallon or huge amounts a gallon. It costs a huge amount of money to be able to now put the gas in your car. I mean, it wouldn't be fantastic if it only cost you $10 and you knew no matter where you traveled, you would be able to quickly charge your car. So that's why, you know, I am a great believer that I believe that every company and every individual, and whether you're a big or small um, company company, you can still look at a way that how can you make a difference within your own global supply chain and where you can have your own social environmental responsibility. Thank you so much for listening to the Global Trade Gal podcast. Feel free to check out our blog at Mindoro.com. We'll put a link below in our profile. If you have any questions or have any need to be able to create, develop, or manufacture home decor home furnishing products in Asia – please feel free to contact me, Anita, at, at com. Again, thank you so much for listening. We truly do appreciate your support.